morning everybody. It's a privilege to be able to share with you again this morning. I want to start by reading some words from Psalm 95. And today I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It's Psalm 95 verses 1 to 7. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Let's just pray for a moment. Thank you, Father God, that you have drawn us to this place this morning into your presence. We pray now that you will be here, that you will meet with us, that we will see that you truly are God. I pray that you will take the words that you've given me today and use them to speak to those who listen, to bless, to encourage, and to hasten forward the day when you will come again. Amen. If you want a title for today, it's quite simply the words from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, and it's the first part of that verse. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And I want to share some thoughts to you about blessings from God, because very often we use this term, uh, bless you, God bless, have a blessed day. The Lord has blessed me with, and we use this term so frequently, and it's made me stop and wonder, what do we actually mean by the word blessed or blessing? What do we mean when we talk about blessings from God? Well, if you look it up in a dictionary, you get two types of definition, because you get the one that says to consecrate, to glorify, to sanctify, to praise, to give thanks. So that's like consecrating or dedicating someone. So like when we have a blessing service for on the birth of a child, we may be dedicating them, consecrating them to the Lord. But also there's the meaning to invoke happiness, to make somebody happy, to gladden, to delight. And when I think of that word happiness, to me it brings to mind the Beatitudes. Because in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the alternative words for blessed is the man who... If you read some translations, it's happy is the man who. So it's a source of happiness and gratitude. And when I first thought about this topic of blessing, I thought that's going to be an easy fix. It's going to be a quick preparation and an easy do. But do you know I've found totally the opposite? As I've looked into it, as I've looked through the concordance, as I've searched the scriptures, it is so vast. And where do you start and where do you finish? And I'm going to be honest, I'm only going to scratch the surface today of the blessings of God. 
you will think of so many other things to what I say today. I've just had to be so selective in what I've chosen to bring to you. Where does it start? Well, it starts in Genesis. Where does it finish? It finishes in Revelation. And it's everything in between. Because if we look at the first book of the Bible and the first chapter, Genesis chapter 1, we're in the Garden of Eden. And God blessed creation. He blessed Adam and Eve, the world he'd created, the plants, the animals, everything. And in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, we read, So God created man in his own image. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. So Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden were happy. They were blessed. They had got the image of God upon them. So then if we go to the opposite end of Scripture, to Revelation, in Revelation we read about the new Jerusalem and heaven and everlasting life. And in the very last book of the Bible, in Revelation 22 verse 14, we read, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. An echo of the Garden of Eden when everything was perfect. And then, of course, in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, we read, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may, may rest from their labors and that their works follow them. So, you see, it starts in Genesis chapter 1. It ends in the last book of Revelation. And every book in between is filled with the blessings of God. So how did I come to focus on this? Well, some time back, somebody, and I think it might have been Anne, I'm not absolutely sure, mentioned the old hymn, Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And it was from that point that I started to think and I started to realize that there were so many things in my life that I was taking for granted and I was regarding them as my right rather than a gift or a blessing from God. And I found that I needed to stop at the end of each day, reflect on the day and thank God for what he'd given me, for what he'd blessed me with. And to realize that those things that had been part of my life in that day, and probably the day before and the next day and the day to come, weren't just my right, but they were a blessing from God. And some of the things that I'm sure each one of us here today, everybody's circumstances are different, but the majority of us are going to be blessed with a home in which to live, a family of some description, food on our table, clean water when we turn on the tap, access to medical help. It might not be quite what we've known in the past, but it certainly isn't going to be like something I read about in the MAF magazine. I was reading and they were doing um, 
a relief flight with some medical people in Papua New Guinea to a remote village and they set up sort of temporary medical help there and the nearest hospital would be two days walk away and I was astounded when I read these headlines that people in Papua New Guinea walk over three mountain ranges, walk for five hours to get what? Packet of paracetamol. Pop mine in the supermarket trolley when I go shopping. Not everybody can do that, but we don't always realise it. We've got freedom to worship. There's no fear that somebody is going to come through those doors and arrest us for being here. Paul and I were at the Birmingham City Mission Spring Convention back in May and one of their guest speakers was a Chinese Christian and he and his family had been forced to flee from Hong Kong because of the oppression of the government and they were living in this country and working amongst other Chinese. We don't have that. We don't know for how long they'll have freedom of worship, but we've got it. We live in a land that is relatively peace-free, uh, peace, peaceable, war-free. Again, another missionary magazine, SGA, focusing on the Ukraine. We don't live under that. We don't have the situation this lady had. Outside her apartment, there was somebody needing help. The husband went out to help him and the husband and that person were killed by a shell that was dropped on them. We don't experience that. That's just the tip of the iceberg of the blessings that we have and things that we take for granted. But we can lose those things so easily. They can be gone like the wind. We had an experience not so long ago where in our household we had no hot water for about 12 days. It was a bit trying, boiling kettles, uh, walking around with the boiling kettle in one hand and the bottle of bleach in the other to do the cleaning. It's only what grandparents used to do, but we're so used to it, aren't we? And you know, the day we got our hot water back, wow, I was taking pictures of Paul filling up the bath and sending it off to the family. We've got water. But you know, we took it for granted again so very quickly. Very, very easily. I've forgotten what it was like to have to boil a kettle to do anything. And I take it for granted. We take so many things that are blessings from God for granted. A little while ago, I was um, up very early the one morning. I think it was probably when we had those couple of days of really intense heat. And I went to the top of our garden. It was in the shaded area. It was quite cool. We're quite high up. Everywhere around us was still and quiet. And I sat up there on the bench with my cup of tea. And the birds were on the fence at the side. And I was by the delphiniums and the lavender. And the bees were coming in and out of the, the bells of the flowers and moving around. And that was such a wonderful experience. But it got me thinking. I'm a Christian. But it doesn't matter whether I'm a Christian or not. That blessedness of nature is open for everybody. Turning on the tap and getting clean water is a blessing for us all in this country. Having food on our table is a blessing for all of us. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. God has blessed us with those things. 
And that is an example of God's general grace. But you know, there's another example of God's grace, which is open to those who are children of his, those who love him, and that's God's saving grace. And if you're a Christian, you are so privileged to have additional blessings, the blessings of God's saving grace. If you're not a Christian, these are some of the blessings that you are missing. You see, as his children, as Christians, we benefit from so much more. There are blessings throughout Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. And God is waiting to bless his children, like in that verse, Proverbs 22, verse 10, without adding any sorrow to it, is what that verse continues to say. And blessings in the Bible are often associated with protection and with happiness. And as I said, I can only pick out very, very few examples of this today. Psalm 29, verse 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalm 5, verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as a shield. And God's blessings for us as Christians are meant to protect us, to guide us in the path of righteousness, and to give us hope, hope for the future. There are different examples of blessings in the Bible. And I've got four I want to just mention. There's the example of God blessing man. One example of that is when God blessed Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, we read God saying this to Abram. I will bless you and make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's an example of God blessing man. But then man can bless man. And the example from the Bible I've chosen here is when Isaac blessed Esau. Okay, it was a stolen blessing that was rightly meant for his brother Jacob. But Isaac blessed Esau with words which echo those of God to Abraham. But in Genesis 27 verses 28 and 29, part of those verses read, Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. And then if you move to the New Testament, God, through the person of Jesus, blesses man. And the example I've chosen here is when Jesus blessed his followers. Because in Luke 24 verse 10 we read, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And then, of course, man has the opportunity to bless God. And in Psalm 34, verse 1, we read, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so we have the gospel blessing of God's saving grace. And what some of the things that God gives to us through that. Picked an example here of tithing. Because if we are a believer, we will never want. God will meet our needs. Not our wants. Our needs and our wants are very different. But God has promised to meet everything that we need. Now, tithing is when you bring your tenth. But then we're told to tithe and then bring our offerings to God. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. The late Dr. Billy Graham said this about tithing. If you give your 10% to God, you'll do far more with the 90% that you've got left than you ever would if you kept the complete 100% for yourself. And then, of course, the greatest blessing of anything that God can give us, far beyond meeting our needs, is our salvation. Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. The children of Israel in the Old Testament went away from God for a time. And we read in the book of Joel how with the coming of the day of the Lord, they were restored to him. And if you read in Joel chapter 2, starting at verse 18 and following through the rest of that chapter, you will read of blessings that were restored to Israel. There were seven atonement blessings. I'll just name them. I'm not going to go into detail with them. There was the double portion. There was financial abundance, restoration, miracles, God's divine presence, blessing upon the family, and deliverance. And whatever God promised to his covenant people in the Old Testament holds true for us as New Testament believers. We are covered by a new and a better covenant, a covenant not written in tablets of stone, but a new covenant written on the heart. And whatever blessings the children of Israel in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant could have are ours under the New Covenant. Through Jesus Christ, we've been atoned for once and forever and for all, so we can have days of atonement blessing in our lives. We have promises of present blessings, material blessings, like I've mentioned, everything we need, our daily needs are met. Spiritual blessings, which are worth far more than gold or silver. The greatest blessing of all, God's saving grace. 
deliverance from the grip of sin through the death of Jesus Christ. We've been taken out of sin and bondage into a larger place, a place of blessing. We've got the living word of God resident in our hearts, those precious promises, the great and precious promises that we read of in 2 Peter 2, and they're valuable, even more valuable than riches. And we've got the blessing of salvation, all of those things we can enjoy now. But we've got future blessings because we've been promised, if we are a child of God, that blessing of a sure and certain place in heaven, a place with him forevermore. You see, if we've been saved from sin, we've been saved to glory. And the blessings that we've got now in this present life are nothing compared to the future glory of the blessings that we'll have in heaven because there's better things to come for us as children of God. A lovely summary of the blessings of God to his people is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. And I'm going to read those words now. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. You see, we've been elected, we've got an inheritance. That has been sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. And for us, there's been a down payment paid on our future blessing in heaven. So, there's an absolute superabundance of God's blessings because God's blessings go far beyond anything that we could ever imagine or think of. There's always a blessing to thank God for. There's the blessings we're aware of and the blessings that we don't realize. 
And we should be grateful to God every day for those things that we have and not just regard them as our divine right. As a child of God, there are so many blessings to be claimed. You don't have to fear the future when you hand that over to God. A.W. Towser, in his book, The Attributes of God, says this. By his nature, he is inclined to bestow blessedness and take holy pleasure in the happiness of his people. God is good, kind, and full of goodwill. I know we're not quite at the end of the service, and this is something that we wouldn't normally do, but I want to just close what I've got to say by reading the blessing to you all from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening and be blessed in the days to come. Amen.